Welcome to Wednesday in Westeros. I'm Taylor Trask. With me is uh, Todd A. And also, and, uh, yeah, joining us uh, oh, as per usual. Hi, hi Emily <laughs> Kelly. First of her name, this condo, mother of cats, the get turnt, maker of video games, get hostess of fan theories. <laughs> Slytherin. The get turned. Slytherin. The get, I, I thought I was going to lose it at the get turned, but I'm glad I got through it. <laughs> I thought you were kidding about having a whole Stormborn intro for yourself. No, I, I why love it. Would I not have doubted. I don't why know. I, exactly. I love it. We're back. We're back here to review episode three of season seven, Queen's Justice, or as I like to call it, Cersei Dunn, fuck a bitch up. I think that, <laughs> that was basically the, 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 the vibe and the theme of this whole thing. Um, but we're going to, we're going to, we got a lot to cover um, tonight, y'all. So I think you want to just jump right in at, uh, at Dragonstone. Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, as per usual, we're going to kind of chop things up and, and kind of be more location specific instead of scene specific, but right out of the gate, the big scene that everybody's been talking about and everybody's been waiting for is of course, uh davos um you know looking at uh, dragonstone what'd you guys think Good. <laughs> the way he looks at castles is you know yeah you can, beyond, see, the, you can yeah. see the wistfulness in his eye as he as he came out no everybody is it's daenerys and john snow finally ice and uh, fire Ice and fire, they're there. They met finally. The show brought us there. I think it's something the book readers have been looking forward to since probably 1996, um, mm-hmm. for a long time. So, I guess let's just jump in right there. Was it worth the wait? Was it worth the hype, Todd? No, <laughs> Emily, first of her name. <laughs> um, I mean, I thought more would happen. <laughs> but I get it, like, they gotta spread that shit out, you know, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was particularly struck by the fact that it was in this in this instance, it, there was a lot of pageantry going on on Daenerys' side, and and it was like almost pageantry versus practicality from John. Like John's been so practical, it was kind of funny to see you know, him just show up, and you know you got you got Daenerys in the Revolution, like giving her gigantic <laughs> intro, and then, and then and then the best part was, and then you know John looks over at Davos, and Davos is like, and he's Jon Snow. Yeah, just like. <laughs> It was just I like, also love wow. his follow-up where he goes, he's the king in the north. Like, it's yeah. not even a title, just like, yeah, that's him. Yeah, like this made-up title that we've given yeah. him. Like, oh, yeah, this, it's this guy. It's it's him, right? I'm kind of oh, half-serious about the whole Daenerys and the Revolution thing. Like, their costumes are getting dangerously close to Purple Rain, and we got to just keep an eye on that stuff <laughs> as I we would, go. I would not hate on, on them being crazy. I wouldn't either. I'm into it. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Me, personally, like, I... You know, it was never going to be, it was never going to be like bosom buddies. It was never going to be like, you know, he was never going to bend the knee. Um, I wish somebody had told her that ahead of time because she seemed a little, you know, obstinate about it. But it was, you know, I'm glad it sort of, I'm glad there was at least a little give and take. And that, you know, towards the end of the episode, she relented a little bit. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I I was actually more, (laughs) I thought Davos was more adorable than, than anything else during that scene. Cause you know, like he, he's just sort of there with John. He hasn't really known John long as long as like, you know, Miss Sande has known Daenerys or anything like he's still kind of a newbie to the John snow world, but just having Mm -hmm. him there was interesting. 
Um, I was a little surprised he didn't get to confront Ms. Melisandre. I was really sort of looking forward to that. I thought maybe she would stick around. And That and was so confusing for a number of reasons, mostly that she could have confirmed, um, I, or at least in some, in some respects, she would have confirmed all, all the stuff that Davos said, you know? Mm -hmm. And like maybe yeah. she, I don't know if she saw the White Walkers and the Whites, but she, I think she would have vouched for them telling the truth. And she would have explained like, I resurrected John from the dead. Yeah. Uh, that, that look he kind of flashed Davos when he mentioned that. I was really hoping they would have made more of that. Like, why not share that fact? You know, like, you're, dude, you're trying to convince her of like the impossible. Why not? I mean, maybe that was one thing too many. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know why they didn't. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure they'll talk about it later, but I think, it, I mean, it's kind of one of those things, like, he's already trying to convince her, like, that these, these like, mythological, like, creatures exist. Like, he's not about to tell her, like, yeah, I, I got brought back from the dead. Um, hey, even though she would probably understand, since she also kind of had a rebirth of herself. But still, I, I'm sure they'll talk about it at some point. But yeah, I get it that he, maybe John didn't really want to bring it up. And maybe it's kind of a sore spot, too, of like his brothers murdered him. That's True. why he had to come back. Like maybe he didn't really want to talk about it. <laughs> it hurts. True. It hurts yeah, literally and figuratively. He's like, I yeah. was stabbed in the heart. I don't want to think about it. Um, the question that I was thinking of, and, there was a lot of attention played to Daenerys and her legacy. And, you know, like they just, they kind of, again, the pageantry of her Blech. being queen. And she's <laughs> a lot of times she mentioned like, I'm going to be queen of the seven kingdoms and you're one of the seven kingdoms. And it made me think like part of the reason Westeros is in the state it's in is because there is one person trying to rein in all seven kingdoms. And maybe that worked fine for a little while, but maybe is it, is it just me or does that, seem ultimately untenable like should yeah. should that be the goal I, I mean emily i think uh i think you should take this because like there's just a, a rant stewing in me <laughs> against how, daenerys unless you, want me, you about it. how dare you talk bad about you her todd to do that first and then you can but <laughs> <laughs> my daenerys but yeah so uh, go ahead if you taste. got anything Okay. I mean, like I even like I love her. Like I'm Team Danny, like all the way. I think she's great. But even I'm like, it seems a little entitled. Uh, I mean, but that's just like the monarchy. Like maybe it's just because we're Americans and we're like, fuck you, you're not entitled to anything. But it's like if your ancestors have ruled this specific area of land for thousands of years, like sure, that just like makes sense to you. You're like, well, of course, I'm gonna come back and like people will like me and I'll rule again. You know, like maybe it's just sort of a you know, we just don't get it. <laughs> like, we're not part of that mm -hmm. world so much. But yeah, I mean, it seems like why keep fighting with each other? You know, like yeah. why, you know, Dorne doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. The North doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. You know, just like kind of, you're still cool with like five kingdoms. Like five kingdoms is still like pretty good. Totally. Well, and I was thinking too, like that, in that Dragonstone throne room is pretty damn impressive. I'm like, why not just stay here and, you know, take what you can. Like, in the, I mean, I, I understand that, you know, she made a point too, saying like, I believed in me this whole time and God damn yeah. it, I'm going to be queen. And I just, you know, so I get that, but I'm like, dude, you, you sort of won a little bit by just being here. Like, you know, do you have to go and repeat exactly step for step what your ancestors did? I don't know. Yeah. So my, I'll, I'll try to make my rant succinct, which is <laughs> I've disliked her from the get go because she's so entitled and mm -hmm. there. And a couple times in the in the last season, I thought 
you know what? I think she's learned her lessons. She's figured it out. Like all sort of ruling, like, you know, classes are fundamentally corrupt and she's going to go to Westeros as sort of a, a liberator or something like that. Um, but she's not, I don't. So I just, I, I mean, to me, it's like, I don't understand what the storytellers are doing in this moment because it has made her unlikable to me for seven years. And, but I, so I just kind of think like, well, is there some long game they're playing where she will eventually become the mad queen and someone mm. has to kill her and it'll, you know, we'll get one of those previously on and it's all her talking about how entitled she is to the throne because I know that she doesn't have the intelligence of what's happening in the North nor like in King's Landing exactly. Like she's so focused on just being this ruler. But mm. I, again, I think her experience with all the slave cities would have gotten through her you know stupid targaryen skull <laughs> that like a ruling class is bad no matter what like you can't yeah you know this is just a bad thing you need to i you know we can't expect her to understand democracy in this world but um you know but that's what bravos is and that's yeah. uh that's yeah. what some of those other the free cities are um and especially she should understand that Jon snow doesn't kneel like he's mm -hmm. part wildling basically in that regard um just like you know, just like the Dothraki are. The Dothraki don't mm -hmm. kneel. They mm -hmm. just follow strength. I don't know why she yeah. would ever expect someone. He doesn't know her strength. So why would he follow? Well, anyway. I'm going to suggest it's because of Tyrion and his just continuous track record of terrible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just, this is the, this is the, again, another episode where it's like everything goes to hell because of Tyrion. Like he could have bridged the gap a little bit better. He could have told John in his letter, Hey, she's going to expect you to take a knee. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, handle her on this side and, and, and you, know, you do what you can. But like, it was like, there was no, it's like both sides had no really real clue what the other wanted. And it was just kind of awkward and strange. You know, even I, like, yeah. but yeah. I mean, yeah, but I think they meant to do that. Like that's, they're both kind of putting their trust in each other, like to not murder each other, like right off the bat. And then of course they, I think they kind of came to it at the end, like after John talks to Tyrion of like, look, why would she give you what you want if you're not going to give her what she wants? Like yeah. you know, there, there has to be compromise there. And of course she doesn't know you and you don't know her. And like that, you know, all these people follow her for a reason, whether, whether it's strength or the breaker of chains or whatever. And maybe John just kind of needs to figure that out for himself, just as she needs to figure out what his deal is. So, I mean, this is like the first meeting, but obviously he's going to be in Dragonstone for a little bit. So yeah, hopefully yeah. they can come together and, um, you know, but I think, I think just, you know, I don't want to lay it on too thick about how much I love Danny, but I think she has had to deal with men who've underestimated her, who have hurt her, um, her whole life. And so mm -hmm. I think she's just kind of, it's hard for her to get out of this mentality of like, I have to be like the big, you know, bitch in the room, basically. Like mm -hmm. I have, I mm -hmm. have to show strength and be strong and like be solid for people to like me and follow me. And mm -hmm. John doesn't need that. Like he doesn't need her to be big and tough and strong. He just needs her help. So I think maybe it's, hopefully she can tone it down a little bit of of she's fought so hard for so long that she mm -hmm. has to learn kind of how to compromise. Let me yeah, ask I, you, Emily. I agree oh, with all that, Emily. I mean, okay, I just don't think that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, just what's so uh, frustrating to me in any drama are like when people don't give each other the necessary information. And part of that is 
magic is real. John was brought back to life. <laughs> I know. It's so <laughs> and, true. But the other side of it is like, John could have said, you know, let's, let's parlay. Let's not have you like, like try to impose your will upon me in this throne room. Like, let's have a seat and talk <laughs> this out and let me mm-hmm. explain to you this danger. But it was just this stilted conversation of like, I don't know. I just, I, I was just very frustrated watching it. Like, it's like what, when I was watching, you know, Sansa and I'm like, tell John about Littlefinger for fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the Knights of the Vale are yeah. coming. <laughs> so many, There's like, did you guys ever watch 24? A little bit. Okay, yeah, so 24, like, the whole series is, like, something will be happening with Jack Bauer, like, a terrorist took his wife, and they're, like, you have to come here by yourself and, like, get this plutonium or whatever. And so, and it's, like, the whole, like, then he gets in trouble and, like, gets arrested or something. It was, like, you could have just said to your superiors, hey, these terrorists have my wife. I have to get this plutonium. I'm going to go back later. But then it's, like, this whole thing. It's the same thing of, like, just be honest with each other. But I, I get it. I mean, yeah. you don't know who to trust at this point. Like Sansa didn't know she could trust John at that moment. And Danny and John don't know if they can trust each other. So true. Let's go back. I'm to just Tyrion, saying, though, I'm not going to cry if Daenerys <laughs> gets stabbed. Yeah. She's so not going to get stabbed for a while. Daenerys has got to die. There's a bunch of lower level characters that have to die before she does. So I would, I would hold on to that. She's um, the fire wait, and ice and fire. Okay. I don't real quick though, make it. a quick little aside. Make it. <laughs> well, that's just, that's a good point. So but, a quick little theory. She mentioned the names of the dragons quite a bit this episode. And like that was brought up a bunch of times. I take that as foreshadowing that one of the dragons might die no. sooner than later. And I'm just, um, I, I just can't see it. Especially cause she's like, yeah, I named them for my brothers. Um, one of my brothers is dead. Uh, you know, they're awesome. You know, I haven't used them yet. There's been that sort of, you know, everybody's been cautioning her not to use them. I just, it kind of felt really foreshadowy that you know, something may happen to one of them, which is going to blow the whole three drag, you know, three headed dragon thing completely out of the way. It's going to, it's going to squash quite a few tangential, uh, you know, fan theories out there. Yeah. Thoughts? I just hoped you, it was like they were mentioning it because like to kind of reinforce this thing about like that John is her nephew, like to mention Rhaegar's name mm. once again. But they've been Ooh, kind of doing a that a lot of just like name dropping Targaryens. Like they've said Aegon like 50 times in three episodes. You know, That's they said true. Brandon and, and um, I forget what Ned's, I think Ned's father was named Rickard as well. Brandon and Rickard Stark, the, the um, Ned's father and brother being burned alive. They said that at least two or three times. Like I think maybe they're just kind of like, trying to remind us of some stuff like yeah, that we yeah. have forgotten because it's seven long years of this show and with seven long years of a lot of really hard names <laughs> that's remember. that's a good point and also like in the books um it's it's not even that important in the books but even in the in the books you get the at least the sense that people are talking about that history of the targaryens mm-hmm. and in the show we just you know it's it's just not as like front of mind for us like we're just not thinking of her family has this really deep legacy within Westeros. You know, we've only ever seen her yeah. in, uh, you know, in Essos, I guess. And so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember if that's technically Essos or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, it is Essos. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think I think a lot of that's done, um, yeah, like Emily said, to remind us, but also to establish like this sort of longer history that has been there. It just hasn't been talked about as much on the show as it is in the books. Mm-hmm. 
True that. Let's go back to Tyrion though, because I don't want to drop this. Yeah, uh, which I, you I, said I, last week that you, you were like, he just gives these bad tech like or strategic advice, and I kind of defended. Oh, him. I've been saying it since before last oh, week. Yeah, yeah. I, all of For last sure. year, when he was when he finally made it to Daenerys, it seems like everything he suggested backfired. And I I I have been pushing for a while. Like, why does she keep him around? And, and I tried to defend to, him, but I'm all I'm told I'm in your camp now. I this don't understand how you can. Like he's gotten like in quick order, he has gotten three entire allies captured or killed basically instantly, and she's losing. She's 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 got the upper hand, and she is losing because of Tyrion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, she is you know, like her army has literally been decimated because of him. And it's like, and not even that. He had this sort of hard on to take back Casterly Rock, and yeah. that went poorly it's like for every lesson that Cersei and jamie have learned from their failures Tyrion has not it's almost like he's in he's willfully ignorant uh of any it's it's like all the things that he's done in episodes one two you know, sorry seasons one two and three that worked it's like he's just completely forgotten and it was even more apparent to me when davos was there and he's like he's like yeah i was uh i was there at the blackwater bay like we won because of me and davos was like yeah okay whatever like it just he sort of just <laughs> waved it he just sort of waved it aside and i'm just like Tyrion's kind of like he's like an old failed rock star living on his one hit. <laughs> well, you know? and like in season two, when he's hand of the king of Joffrey, there's mm-hmm. this sort of feeling of like, oh wow, we didn't even know he was like this this great commander. Like Tyrion yeah. has like you know he's been such a little plotter that he's got all these strategies already uh, adapted for military use or whatever, but he clearly doesn't. <laughs> Emily, if, Emily, if you were Daenerys, would you keep him or would you fire him? I would fire him, probably. I mean, I would keep him around. It's not like I would like banish him forever, but mm-hmm. I would get someone else. Like, and I think that's what ultimately Jorah's role will become. Oh, is There's a that point. he was a knight and a warrior and has seen battle and like knows Westeros and knows these people. And mm-hmm. I mean, his dad was was um, Commander of the Black. Like, I think once Jorah comes back, there will be a lot of tension between him and. Tyrion to kind of like have the the queen's ear. Great, um, great call. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that a lot. I do. I'll tell you, my frustration with the show here is that Cersei had a really Cersei and Jamie had a really great strategy, and I wish Kill they had just showed them. <laughs> I wish they had just shown them talking Efficient. about it, yeah. and, then, and then the tension would have been planted in our minds. Like, oh my gosh, Tyrion has a good strategy, but they also have a good strategy, and. You know, how is this going to play out? And so when we saw it play out, it, it might have been more exciting, you know, instead of this sort of almost flashback kind of way where they told the storming of Casterly Rock. Well, um, let's let's jump. Let's jump to that, because this uh, this is my my chief complaint about this episode was anything involving Casterly Rock. Yeah. And what? like, uh, let's take that in High Garden mm-hmm. in one chunk. Like yeah. I this entire time, like, as I mentioned before, I own the world of ice and fire, that amazing compendium book that you know uh was you know co-published or co-written by uh, martin himself um and just in general like there's a lot of fan drawings and concept art you know art out there depicting different things in westeros some of it better than the show some of it worse um but of all the things i always every time i've seen a, a conceptual art of a uh, casterly rock it's always really impressive and it's never been shown on the show before so they've kind of built it up to be this like mythic you know thing this is impenetrable fortress even more so than the eerie you know, because we've seen the Eerie, and it's like, you know, the Eerie is pretty cool looking. 
And then when the show actually gives it to us, I had to stop it and rewind it because I'm like, did I miss something? It was this like lame ass model that's kind of not even really on a rock so much. It's just kind of on a, you know, it's basically where Tony Stark's house would be. And it's just like, what? What is this? And the fact that it just it just sort of felt so plain, like as, as you know, as they've talked about their their massive wealth as Lannisters and you know Tywin's pride and all this, you know, Casterly Rock was like the jewel of his crown. And I'm just like, this is what we've been talking about this whole time. Did anybody else feel that way? Oh yeah, for sure. I, but in its defense, uh, it definitely looked like the castle where a bunch of douchebags would have grown up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, it didn't help though. I mean, it didn't help that the entire battle around it was like the lowest budgeted, you know, fight sequence I think we've ever seen on the show. Like even more so than the one where Tyrion. Remember in season one where Tyrion just blanks out like Bilbo Baggins and he wakes oh. up. It's like the, the, the war is over, and it's like you know. And you can forgive it then because it's like, oh, this is just season one and you know, they're saving it. And that was actually kind of clever because we're seeing it from his point of view. This was totally different. This was just a cheap, like, I I, I feel like there was like 10 extras to play the Unsullied. <laughs> and they just kept showing them again and again and again in different setups, you know? Like, I couldn't yeah. even keep track of what was going on. Oh, it was, it was just when they opened the gate gross. and they showed all of them flooding in, I literally thought that I caught the moment where the loop like repeated itself. <laughs> in the digital animation. Yeah. It was like, I was, I was like, that's what, what just happened? It was like a glitch. <laughs> it was not good. It was and surprising in season seven that that, that they're still doing that. And I'm like, what are they saying? They better be saving their money for something pretty damn impressive. Well, I feel like um, they have to do a lot. I mean, they're animating three dragons for at least the most of the episodes and the white walkers like the giant white walkers and like i mean they're blowing their budget in cgi (laughs) because they've never done it like any other season it's like remember like when their dragons were first babies and we'd only get to see them for like two seconds for like four episodes or something like because they're like saving it for battles and stuff now they're like no fuck it these dragons are big like what are we gonna do with them like we gotta like make them cool they only have so many polygons per episode. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we don't the give a shit about Castle Rock, but I really want those dragons to look baller. So Yeah, well, they really they need did. to this structure. And they yeah, they totally <laughs> And they do, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what was nice what the the one thing I did appreciate about Casterly Rock is that Jamie Lannister pulled in a pulled a complete Rob Stark um and took the army to High Garden instead, and suspiciously quickly, I might add. Like they were there pretty damn fast. Um, time, you know, I, at this juncture, I just feel like the, the Westeros hyperloop must be fully active and, and, you know, running, but I like, yeah. I like the fact that, that he basically, again, learned from his mistake, you know, at the defeat of Rob, he's like, okay, well, that'll never happen again. And in fact, I'm going to steal that one for future reference. He gets there, you know, Elena's looking from the window. This, none of this was surprising. She's the last of the Tyrells the, you know, the Tyrell dynasty had pretty much ended last year when Cersei blew up the Sept. So Elena was basically just, you know, biding her time anyway. I thought she had a pretty, pretty baller ending personally. Um, you know, she pretty dignified. And then she got to have one, you know, one final little jab at the Lannisters by admitting to Jamie that she was the one who poisoned Joffrey. And he literally didn't. I mean, he looked completely shocked by that. Like, I don't think he had any inkling of that. No. Yeah. She, yeah. She super went out like a boss. Like, this is like, I wouldn't have have appreciate anything less than like what happened really and yeah. um i mean obviously someone was pointing this out to me today of 
Um, I mean, just her is super cool. Like that's such a cool way to go out of like, oh yeah, and I killed your son. Bye. You know, like just like that is like the last word. But it also says a lot, it means a lot for Jamie going mm-hmm. forward because one, um, now he has to tell Cersei. Sorry, sorry, yep. guy. Um, that sucks for you. And two, he now knows for sure that Tyrion didn't do it. Mm, yeah. Good point. Could, if if Tyrion ever comes back, like remember we talked a lot about like um or maybe this was in the fan theories, like at the end of all this, like would Tyrion let Jamie be the, the Lord of Cashley Rock? Would he join them? Would he kill Cersei? All these things. So now he knows for sure, like maybe he, you know, he could still think maybe Tyrion conspired with her, but at least he knows for sure she ordered the poisoning mm-hmm. of him. Yeah. Um and yeah. Like that that's sucks. a that's a great <laughs> point. This was there was a lot of good information about Jamie delivered in that scene. Um, the, oh the yeah, that was from- the other thing that he he could like Cersei. We saw just like super wicked and brutal with Elaria um, mm-hmm. and Tyene. I think her name is. Oh, we'll and, get there. Tyene. Oh yeah, and so but then Jamie in this moment, like this woman has told you that she murdered your eldest son in front of you, basically. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't like, he could have stabbed her. He could have choked her. He could have done it. And he just walks away. Like it really says a lot about his character. Um, just that, the quality of his character that he, yeah. he knows she's going to die and just kind of lets it go. Plus, I was surprised him out with that, that whole thing of like, has it already gone that far? And he acknowledges. Yes. <laughs> Meaning already, his relationship with it's Cersei. Be, it's beyond my control. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's just in it with Cersei, no matter how mad she is. Well, and that's important too because I have kind of held out the fact that he, that um, Jamie would, you know, outlive Cersei, have to, you know, have another sort of evolution as a character. Maybe he'll be important at the Wall or something. Now I'm pretty much convinced that you know, when she dies, he's going with her. It's going to be a true, you know, a pure Romeo and Juliet sort of play. Um, he's, you know, he's still there's still vestiges of the original Jamie there, which is good. It's he's not you know completely reformed yet. Um, I would wonder what Brienne would think of of who he's become. Would she yeah. appreciate that? Would she not? You know, it's it'll be because you know they had that really nice arc together as characters. I'm you know, it seems like that she was a lot of his anchor to sanity. And I'm you know maybe she comes back and plays a role somehow. I don't know, but I just felt like this was the episode that really nailed in the coffin that Jamie's not you know he's he's gonna go down when she goes yeah no no way around it I actually Um, thought there was hope that like Jamie and Brienne would sort of ride off into the sunset together but (laughs) what's going on with Jamie right now there's no to do that yeah um real quick though on on the way to Highgarden we saw like the Lannister army we saw Jamie we saw Braun riding shotgun with him that was a little disconcerting because a we haven't seen Braun for a while Mm -hmm. um I had forgotten that he was that tight with the Lannisters now and it was it immediately brought to mind that the the question of at some point the Lannister contingent and Braun are going to face off against Tyrion and the Targaryen Daenerys's crew like what's that going to be like is you know if you know Tyrion and Braun were you know, we're tight, even though he was paying Braun. Is that going to be what? What, can, what could we expect from that? It's bad news. <laughs> <laughs> Enough I, said. I mean, Enough said. I don't really understand. I, Braun owe, owes his title and his land to the Lannisters for sure, and he was mm-hmm. definitely chummy with Jamie on their little misadventure to Dorne. Yeah. But I don't know why he uh, like. I just don't know why he would take sides in that fight. But because they have money. <laughs> what's more interesting is that we also saw Randall Tarley, which disconfirms Emily's theory from last week, which is that he would not break faith with the um 
uh, Tyrells. So he did break faith with the Tyrells to invade or conquer Highgarden or whatever. So that is. Yeah. No. Gross. Why you got to play me like that, Randall Charlie? How dare you? Yeah. Um, what was great about Highgarden from a story standpoint was that it was solu- a Circe's solution to the Iron Bank of Bravos. And right, right. if we let's go to King's Landing uh, next, because that I, I was convinced her undoing would be at the hands of um, of Mycroft Holmes and then the Iron Bank. Because it's, <laughs> I was going to call him that, too, <laughs> um, because like I just thought like they they've sort of, you know, established themselves as the, you know, they don't they don't jack around. They're pretty serious about their investments, blah, blah, blah. And when she told him, oh, no, you'll a Lannister always repays her, uh, his debts. And I thought, oh, you're just. You're just tossing that phrase out there. It wasn't until they started going after Highgarden. I was like, oh, shit, that's her solution. It was just to rob Highgarden dry and then just pay off the Iron Bank. Pretty yeah. pretty goddamn adept, if if I must say. Like, I did not expect that out of Cersei. That is insane, for real. <laughs> it was a pretty gangster move. This entire episode was just full yeah. of Cersei gangster moves. And I, I, you know, I had gotten sort of sick of her last season. And just to see her, it's interesting because she is, she's doing the things I never thought she'd do. She's actually proving herself her father's daughter, right? Yep. Um, you, she's quickly writing her mistake. She made a massive mistake when she enabled the um, High Sparrow and the Faith Militant last season, um, you know, to her own, well, two seasons ago, but to her own, you know, detriment. And she's, it's like, she's going back. She's, she's writing those wrongs and she's doing the thing. You know, there's that scene between her and Tywin a couple of seasons ago where he specifically tells her, you're not as clever as you think you are. That's your problem. And I feel like she's actually earning the, the true Lannister moniker now. Like she's as interesting and clever as Tywin was, because if you think about it, Tywin was, is the reason they were rich. He built them up from essentially nothing. Right. And Cersei's taking it to that next level. She's making them a, a she's building their dynasty. And I was really sort of surprised that she was, she's turned, she's winning. I mean, right now, does she deserve to win? That's the, that's probably the better question. Does Cersei deserve to be the winner or even the, the hero just so to speak of, of the show? No, I mean, I don't think she deserves to win. I mean, she's just really, really brutal. And I, I think I tweeted this too. I'm super into that. Like, there's so few shows that let women be this, like, cruel, like, be the bad guy in this manner. Um, and I, I, I mean, it's shocking, I suppose, but I always anticipated this for her. And I think Sansa mm-hmm. and Arya both say something very similar of like, oh, Cersei would do that. Or like, yeah. oh, you, you only she would think of this, you know, so things like that. Of, and I think like Danny too, Cersei has been underestimated and hurt by every man in her life except for maybe Jamie, maybe a little bit Jamie. And so mm-hmm. finally, again, this is her time. And Sansa too. So it's Sansa, Jamie, Sansa, Cersei, and Danny all in this club of like we were beaten down for so long and now this is our time to do what we were born to do. And mm-hmm. Cersei's brand of being born what she's born to do, you know, is a little brutal and messy and, and gross. But um, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I never, it wasn't like shocking to me that she was capable of any of this, or she would do any of this. Yeah. Um, I'm reminded of that, that line from Elena Terrell last year, where she looks at Cersei before she heads, heads back to Highgarden. And she's like, you have a thousand enemies on all sides of you. What are you going to do? Kill them all yourself. <laughs> and it's almost like Cersei's answer was, yep. Like it's, it's going to happen. I, man, I, here's a good question. And Todd, maybe you can answer this one too. Does, does Jamie know she 
cheated on him with Lancel. Has that come out yeah, to we Jamie? Talked we talked about that time. last week. Yeah, we did. Okay, and we think so, right? We think we he, do. We didn't actually. For sure, I didn't go confirm. For sure, that. he does. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Just, just I'm just putting that in that in that puzzle because she was pretty. I mean, it, I I don't want to use the word rape in this case because he, you know he wasn't saying no per se, but she did come up there and basically manhandled him pretty, pretty quickly. And he mm-hmm. hasn't, you know, he kind of, he just sort of went with it. And I, in that, during that scene, I was wondering, I'm like, does he know yet? Does it, does he really know? Does that, has that come out? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm and as you said, it, it has, and I'm and just with that scene with Elena, it's pretty, it's pretty clear. He's, he's in, um, I loved, loved, loved her revenge on Alaria sand. That was, that was pretty damn poetic um and just it was i i don't know what did you guys think what would you know because obviously something was going to happen some kind of revenge some kind of justice a queen's I, justice you might say was going to happen but what what did you expect before that actually played out i was prepared for something so gross yeah, that i was actually really relieved and i and i thought i'd noticed that she was in new lipstick like when that scene <gasps> i did too i was like wow her lips are like really pink yeah but i was watching on this crazy tv with friends that like had a lot of light in weird places <laughs> on during the show. So I was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. And then when she walked over to her and pulled the gag out of Tyene's mouth, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I put this in the notes, like Alaria is awful and I don't know why if we were ever supposed to sort of be on her side, but uh, Cersei's right. Oberyn uh, won that battle against the mountain. And then he tried to dance on the grave of the mountain by taunting him and mm. you know the mountain crushed him like he he'd won all he had to do was step away and the poison would have killed him yeah. um and alaria uh, she she kills prince duran who is like the only fair-minded like sane and strategic thinker in dorne yeah. and probably in most of the southern half of the seven kingdoms yeah. Yeah. Um, she killed this legendary fighter ario hota who is a big deal in the books but they really underused him so I just felt like good riddance. Like, let's get out of Dorn, get rid of them. Like, this is she's, you know, she's a terrible person, Alaria. So that was yeah. I was kind of like saying, like, yeah, you think you're terrible, but you're not even as terrible as Cersei. Like you you messed with the best, you know. I don't know. Yeah, like you, you come for the king, you best not miss. It's yeah, the queen, in this, <laughs> in this instance. Because yeah, and I mean, I felt as soon as we were introduced to Dorne and we didn't get the true storyline from the books, I was like, well, what the hell are they going to do with this now? Like, right. I think yeah. they just kind of strung it along for the sake of like keeping characters in line, truncating some characters and storylines for out of Dorne and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm not super sad to see them go. I they were cool, I suppose, but yeah, it's it it, it was getting crowded at this point in, yeah. in the series where we're just like, well, we're, I think we're done <laughs> with the last with time we saw Cersei take as much satisfaction was when she was um, basically punishing the, uh, the, the Septon woman. What I forget what her name is. The, uh, the nun. Um, oh yeah. Septon Mordain, I want to say. Whatever her name is, the one who the one who followed her with the you know with the bell and yeah. Shane. Yeah. I just remember when she finally got her come up and seriously just was so. Lena Headey played that so well in terms of just like oh I just I, I she was nourished by by that that woman's you know suffering and I think this is the other the other situation where she's been you know she says it she's like I dream of how I can punish my enemies enemies every night mm-hmm. and I've been thinking about this one for a while and I was just like oh here we go. And it was just like, and just the, the cruelty of her going, and guess what? Not only am I going to kill your daughter, you're going to watch her waste away 
You're yeah. going to keep you alive so that you can watch it happen. I was like, that's, I even texted Todd. I was like, oh my God, Cersei's so gangster. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I just um, get to jump to, uh, to Todd's fears and, um, and hangups. Uh, the scene right after that, she kisses Jamie uh, first on the lips and then in a very sensitive place. And I was like, Oh, she wipes her mouth. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like this is, you know, I was seeing her going to the, the, the queen's room, basically like to, you know, powder room to, to yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was like when, uh, (laughs) when Sam shook Bora's hand and I was like, Oh dude, get the Purell. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that too. And I was just like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, you don't the only way that made sense to me was because Maester Broadbent was like, "Up, oh, it looks like he's all healed. Uh, should be good to go." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if he uh, wasn't we... there, I'd have been like, "Uh, dude, you probably shouldn't just touch him." Right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take a lot of faith, Sam. We should mention a uh, Euron's, uh, you know, triumphant march through the city, which oh, made no God. sense to me because I just don't understand why the people of King's Landing care who the winner and loser is in that yeah. battle at all. Yeah. Um, so it just still, felt Jamie, really staged and weird to me. Jamie um, mentions that he's like, these same people were like throwing shit at my sister. Not like, you know, six months ago. Like yeah. this is, this can change. I loved it though. And I even, I texted Todd this too. I was like, you're on Greyjoy is officially the Donald Trump of Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. He, he loves oh adoration. God. He loves chaos. And he loves giving the middle finger to decorum. Like oh Jamie's face when he's like, when when Euron mentioned the finger up the butt thing about Cersei was just priceless. Like oh this, this whole episode was like Nicola Costa Walder's like greatest hits of like confused, annoyed faces. It was just, it was so brilliant. And then the other thing that reminded me of too was that like Euron Greyjoy is is the pirate we deserve, right? Like <laughs> he's he's as pirate. All he needs is a peg leg or a parrot or some kind of affectation, know. you know? Like because he's just like. He, I mean, he may as well just walked in town going, Arr, we got him, matey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, he's just so boisterous and flamboyant. Like, he's gone from being that character I could have given two shits about to all of a sudden, I'm like, I kind of want him to hang around a little longer just to, like, throw chaos and <laughs> yeah. and just you know, random asides into the into the happenings, you know? Me too. And, I, I, and, like, in the books, he is, like, way more piratey, too. Like, he has an eye oh, patch. Wow. Really? And, Doesn't he have a parrot or an eagle yeah. or something crazy? Yeah, I think he has a either a falcon or a monkey. I don't remember what it is. A monkey. That's right. I think it is a monkey. But like legit. Yeah. And I think they were just like, people were going to get him confused with Benrick Dondarrion. Like he also has a So, but I was just like, please, um, he like needs more pirate-ness. I totally agree. But he is so funny. I would, I agree with all your adjectives. I just disagree that he's the Donald Trump of the show because Robert (laughs) Baratheon was the Donald (laughs) Trump of the show. Yeah. 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 Incompetent, fat, Sleeping around, <laughs> grabbing pussy, that guy. Oh yeah, gored on his own stupid pleasure cruise, you know, like not oh moving out, hunting boars every weekend. Like if he owned uh, golf courses, oh that guy would be at them. Speaking of pirates, though, whatever happened to Salador Sahan? I, that, no, he just that, like sailed like, off. Like, <laughs> if you remember Salador. Like- Salador Sahan was the African-American pirate. Well, in the context of the show, the black pirate that popped up in season two. That was kind of friends with Davos a little bit. He was like a, but he was like, I remember him specifically because he was also really like over the top and piratey. He's like, I am, I am Salador Sahan. I am the greatest seaman of all time. And it's like, it it would seem like if anybody 
could give Euron a run for his money or it'd be opportune just to throw him back in for a second or two. It'd be that dude. But yeah, just like, he just, no, he like pieced out. He's like, after the Blackwater Bay fi- fiasco, he's like, half of my ships are burnt. I'm going home my wives and my 16 daughters. Like I'm oh, leaving. Yeah. Bye. He it. leans over to Davos. You should go home to your wife too. Yeah. Oh, she's okay. She'll be fine. Remember her? Yeah. <laughs> she's fine. You brought all your kids over here and had them all killed by Tyrion. <laughs> um, let's move on to Winterfell, uh, which is not much to say about Winterfell other than you know Sansa's running around, you know, being in charge and stuff. And, and she's not micromanaging. Oh, oh, there's no leather on your breastplates. I'm an expert in armoring now. Um, well, they would have done it fucking wrong if she hadn't said anything. I just love Maybe that they were it on later. <laughs> I just love that that Lord from the Eerie is like, yes, ma'am. Have you ever put leather on your armor? Like he's just, he's such a, he's such like a, a pompous, like Butler character now. Like, oh. that, you know, you know what I'm talking about? That one. Lord Royce is a Royce. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just love that he's hanging around. Like, like he could have gone back to the Eerie at any time. And he's just like, I'll stay in off of some wisdom. Yeah, I love that he just... always has a breastplate on. Like he always yeah, yeah. has a <laughs> That's a great note. Yeah, that guy is like terrified <laughs> okay. all the time. Always be prepared. We in the area, even though you can never attack the area, we always train for it. Yeah. <laughs> he I bet I think he even had it on when they like talked candidly to Sansa like back in, you know, season. He did. Oh, he you're sure right. He did. At the yeah. council, he... like the small council of the area. Yeah. Yeah. He has it on, like when they're watching um, little Robin Aaron, like be a doofus with the sword. He's oh, like, yeah. sitting there in the hot sun with his breastplate. I'm like, dude, nobody's gonna attack you. Like, you can take that off. It's fine. He's like, I can't. <laughs> I've actually grown uh, so fast that it's impossible <laughs> to take off, and I don't want to. I'm insecure about it, so I'm just going oh to keep it on. <laughs> in old times, yeah, so, I, uh, Emily, did you feel anything when when Bran showed up? No, I'm just like, what? Great, great, cool. Now he's here. <laughs> great i'm not I your aria god damn it well yeah that's just it i thought for a split second i'm like ooh, it might be aria because they kind of like kept it they you know the camera pan and it kind of moved through the crowd i'm like who's it gonna be who's it gonna be it would have been hilarious if it was like ned stark it's like ah he's back <laughs> he's he got better he's fine I, that's how ladies what don't hurt revealed that, that aria was in that crowd she's just waiting to like peel her face off and reveal herself <laughs> Ooh, maybe 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 she's there like surveilling before she you know to just get a sense of uh she's going she's going odysseus and you know hiding out before she Ooh. makes her reveal so I'm emily like, i think I guess. At your show notes though emily <laughs> who, is I think this, who is this old man who sounds like johnny Cass? like there was such a long pause when sansa sees bran that i was like i know she's thinking like who is this <laughs> yeah <laughs> I really oh, saw so, so many like <laughs> funny tweets like from, from last night, and I I'm like, so people said it like way better than I did, but like as soon as he started to talk to her and stuff, like I always didn't like him. He's super boring and like nonsense, and so I'm sure we'll talk more about like what a dick he is for talking to her about her you know rape and like second forced marriage, but like that he is like that little brother, like he's like the you know the youngest brother who like went to college and then like became a philosophy major and then like did a semester abroad in like Tibet or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't want to, I don't want to be King anymore. I'm not the yeah. Lord of the North. I, got bigger, comparison. I see everything and nothing. Yeah. And Sansa's is like, um, okay. I haven't seen you in like 10 years. Like that's all you want to say to me. Yeah. I'm the right. burning man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? It's complicated. I can't talk about it. You don't know. So, like, you wouldn't understand. And Sansa's like, bitch, try. Like, 
Emily, yeah. you got to drop this crazy brand conspiracy theory on. This. Okay. Yeah. So I saw this today on HuffPo. Um, and it actually makes a lot of sense. Obviously, I love fan theory. So the fan theory goes like this. Uh, so, I mean, it, it could just be attributed to like Brand is a dick. And like, he just doesn't want to explain being the three-eyed raven to Sansa because he doesn't think she'll understand. But so the theory goes like, um, he says, you know, I am the three-eyed raven, whatever. And then she goes, he goes, the three-eyed raven taught me. And she goes, I thought you were the three-eyed raven. And he goes, it's complicated. Instead of saying something like, you know, a normal person would say like, oh, it was another, it's a title, you know, it's not just like a thing. It's right, like, right. There was another one. There was like this old man in a tree and he taught me all these things. That would have been like a simple, I mean, Sansa would still have been like, what the fuck? But it would have been a simple explanation of like, oh, okay, so there was one before. And so the theory goes that because we've seen that Bran in his wargy three-eyed raven nonsense can <laughs> affect the past with Hodor and that Ned turned around when he said dad, like in the, the Tower of the Joy scene, that the three-eyed raven that we met, the Max von Soden, was Bran in the future. It was like future Bran or whatever. And so like little Bran is Bran from what, I, I don't know. They didn't explain the timeline aspect of it, but that basically that the three-eyed raven has always been Bran. Right. He's a um, I got it. Yeah. I got to say that makes that that is incredibly intriguing to me. The other thing that article mentioned, and I forget who they were quoting, but they I think it was one of the showrunners, Weiss or Benioff, but they mentioned like not no line is ever wasted on this show. There was some kind of like, you know, right. mythic mythic mm-hmm. statement like made like that made. And it's like why would Brand simply say it's com- why wouldn't he just say, "Oh no, I you know, there was a three-eyed raven and I became the new one. Like, right. why couldn't, mm-hmm. why, they're, they're all familiar with titles being passed down throughout the years. Like, so it would have yeah. been very easy to do that. Instead, he's just like, um, you don't know. He's just so cryptic. <laughs> you know, so it's like that, I, w- I would love if he, if he like, he's kind of like Bad Wolf from Doctor Who, like he makes himself. Yeah, exactly. Know? I love, that's a really good, I did, I was trying to think of like a really mm. good comparison and that's a really good one. Yeah. So, so he's that. not like Green Lantern where they just mm-hmm. hand off the ring. No, I mean the ring chooses them. Okay, right. <laughs> the ring chooses the wizard. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's. Uh, I think they do bring up in the Huffington Post article that it is slightly out of line with like the book established canon where yeah. the three eyed raven is Brendan Rivers, but yeah, um, which would also be cool to be fair because he's like a Targaryen bastard, so it was yeah. like that because of the three-eyed raven you know maybe bran is the third head of the dragon because it's like his memories or his powers or whatever was from the targaryen line it it could still be cool but i just like this this theory of that maybe bran is because i think we've talked a lot about that bran is a time traveler that's one of like the most prevailing game of thrones theories so we'll see it might it might be true i can't wait um let's look at next week it it not a lot in that in that trailer looking ahead but the one thing that i took from it was just the fact that i think danny's finally finally gonna take olena's advice and you know when she said you're a dragon be a dragon like i think that's finally finally gonna happen i i almost i look forward to her finally just shouting Tyrion down you know doing what she wanted to do this whole time you know, ride her dragons in the battle to start mowing down motherfuckers everywhere. <laughs> like I just, I feel like we've got, it'll be episode four. We've got to see that sooner or later. Right. I mean. Yeah. I'm excited. Sure. I think she's at the, she has nothing to lose really at this point. Like her three main allies are dead and John isn't exactly like forthcoming with help. So I think she's kind of at a point where she's like, 
I'll do it myself. Like, you know what? I'm going to go and don't tell me what to do. Like, I'm going to go and tell, I'm going to fly across the ocean and find those ships and burn them alive. Like, I don't give a shit. Like I, I, there's nothing, I have no other way to, to, to be in this fight than to be in this fight. Yeah, exactly. And she says too, she's like in the trailer, she's like, I'm losing. It's like, yeah, you are. I want there to be (laughs) consequences. I want people to be fired, you know, um white house secretaries to 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 leave and, yeah. and a new a new team of you know of, of board related scrolls, two week notice scrolls yeah exactly exactly Ooh, the one thing scrolls before i forget the uh, last thing that i was kind of sad about real quick i will never get to see olana terrell and lady mormont in a scene and that that's uh, that means me but yeah, that's true it was worth it. Diana Rigg had a great had a great going out. So that just means more awesome badass uh, badassery from Lady Mormont somehow in the future. Hopefully, I it means now. What I really want is Daenerys and Lady Mormont to have a scene, and Daenerys to go. You remind me of somebody I knew once, and you know, referring to Elena. Just some some kind of callback or something would be fun. Um, Todd, anything from you about next week? Any anything you're expecting? No, unlike you, it it kind of the preview whizzed by me uh, pretty fast, and I, I didn't, you know, I. That's what I took away from it. Daenerys is finally going to strike out. Well, we'll hang tight and we'll be talking about uh, that episode again next week. In the meantime, uh, Emily, where can folks find you online? Um, You can yell at me about Game of Thrones or other things on um, Instagram and Twitter at that Emily Kelly. And um, there's new fan theories this week. It would have been out on Monday if you're listening to this on Wednesday. It's all about Harry Potter. And I didn't cry once. (laughs) <laughs> barely <laughs> barely oh i like got choked up like in one part talking about neville longbottom because i always cry talking about neville but i held it together and so i think it's a really good episode um and it was on harry potter's birthday so it was perfect um Aww. and you can find i know and jk rowling's um she she gave her character her own birthday so i appreciate that <laughs> easy to remember excellent and uh todd where can folks find you uh, you can find me at Hey Todd A, um, and you can find all of this goodness on Stitcher and Google Play and iTunes and SoundCloud and findusthere.org, which is where you can find fan theories also. Um, please go there and find all the places to subscribe to these podcasts. What about you, Subscribe, Taylor? give us comments, all that kind of good stuff. You can also find us on social media, find us there. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all of the, all of the above. It's been fun, guys. It's... Uh, four more to go i think and then we're and then we're done um i guess i'll just close by saying azora hi to you emily and azora hi to you todd seven blessings to you seven <laughs> blessings bitches